Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Balling like Mike Trout, counting dollars in Gucci Prada wallets with matching belts, driving parlors while pounding bottles, smoking a bun and out, screaming life's good in my hood. Balling like Mike I'm Trout, I wanna be balling, balling, balling like Mike Trout, counting dollars in Gucci Prada wallets with matching belts, driving parlors while pounding bottles, smoking a bun and out, screaming life's good in my hood. Balling like Mike Trout. When the sun sets in Cali, my mindset gets rowdy. I call up all my groupies that gathered from different counties. My life is like a movie you're watching. I'm Robert Downey taking. Cinematic panoramic pictures off the balcony. When the sun sets in Cali, my mindset gets rowdy. I call up all my groupies that gathered from different counties. My life is like a movie you're watching. I'm Robert Yo, what is up? It is your boy Johnny Mags back at you once again for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Joined as always with and we are back at Halo Haven Light this week. We are just talking off the mic that we have not yet uh gotten together for a podcast. All three have hung out. Yeah. together but we haven't gotten together for a podcast yet uh this season uh since the season started since yeah. the season started well, yeah was last time we were together was uh the spring training uh kind of recap you know leading into the season but since the season actually started everyone's busy doing this doing that yeah and it's just you know hasn't worked out so hopefully in the weeks to come uh we can get all back together again and, 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 you know, put a podcast out there with all three of us. Yeah, for sure. Because I know uh, our good friend Jason Hendricks from the Dose Leprechauns yeah. podcast wants to join us that was in the studio. Time he, that's last that's time we were all, yeah. all three of us were there. Wow. He was on there, yeah. That was a long time ago. So, yeah, we're back here, at least Daniel and I. Daniel filled in last week taking the, the realm of, of uh, like kind of running the show and then the curator. Uh, I, I loved your guys' back and forth, man. The, the yeah. curator, like... He feels like he's not good, but he is once he gets yeah, going. Yeah, he's just one of those guys like I don't like the voice. I don't like to hear my own voice over you know over a computer or over headphones or whatever. Right. So, but it was good. I, you guys uh, did a good job. Thank and I was you. I was laughing at the um, at the curator talking about Red Sox fans. You know, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Definitely, we'll get to that after. <laughs> that actually got us. Bit. Yeah, it actually got our poll question yeah. going. But um, this week, I mean, the Angels. I mean, obviously, we're going to recap the week like we always do uh, during the regular season, and uh, obviously, you know. Heading into these last two games that we played, we kind of don't really want to talk about it too much, but we have to. But uh, let's 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 just jump into it, man. On Thursday, when you guys did the show, the Angels were playing, and they had that that they they were playing the Royals. I think that was the start of the series, right? When they played yeah, the Royals, the Royals yeah. yeah. 
They uh they won seven to one. Uh, Tropiano's uh, major league debut, uh, not debut, but his re-debut yeah, from the season debut. A year and a half of not pitching in the big leagues. Um, he actually pitched better than probably other than Otani. I think he was probably the best start we've had all season. Yeah, def- or definitely the the innings last pitch time, too. At least the last time we've talked on a podcast, yeah. you know, in the week, he definitely had the best outing of the last week for sure. Yeah, he pitched six and two thirds of an inning, something that Heaney and Skaggs and Richards couldn't do the week before, uh, even two weeks before. Uh, six and two-thirds, no runs. He struck out six and six and two-thirds. Yep. That's not bad for Tropiano. Um, I thought he pitched well. I thought, uh, you know, I think he was. He had a lot of adrenaline going. It looked like he had a little more velocity to his yeah, pitches. Yeah, and it was good, too. And when you get debuts like that from, you know, maybe even major league debuts, but a debut like that where he hasn't pitched in over a year because of Tommy Johnston, you're always worried mm-hmm. – about maybe having too much of that adrenaline and, and being erratic and, and everything like that. But he came out and was able to control it. Like you said, six strikeouts, uh, no runs, uh, six and two-thirds. So he had everything under control. And you like seeing that going forward now that hopefully everything is a little bit easier with mm-hmm. him. He won't be so amped up making a debut. He's actually pitching. We're recording this now before the game on Thursday. So he's making the pitching start tonight. And yeah. so we'll see how he backs it up. And what a lot of people will not – not that they don't consider it, but a lot of people kind of goes over their heads is the fact that we needed a start like Tropiano did that Thursday because in the two previous starts, yeah, not previous, but you had guys like Richards and Skaggs who went over 100 pitches and only pitched maybe, you know, five, five innings, maybe five four and a third, third yeah. four and two thirds or whatever. So we needed somebody to kind of eat up some innings and pitch well. And Tropiano did a great job. And like you mentioned, dude, like you come off Tommy John surgeries, your first start, you're pumped, you're hype, he pitches well. Then the rest should kind of be easier for you. you yeah, know? exactly. The nerves are gone. So a good good point there, Dan. And so the Angels won the first game of that series, seven to one. Next game against the Royals, we uh, we squeaked out the victory, won five to four. Uh, Heaney uh, pitched five innings, seven strikeouts, and five innings isn't bad. He only walked one. Um, again, high pitch count, couldn't yeah. get out. Of, just got through five, got enough for the win. Um, we've been mentioning it before. We would like to see them go deeper in the game. Six and two thirds is perfect. Seven, at least six. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Heaney threw five, seven Ks, one walk. Uh, story of the day for me was Kinsler going through before that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, had a good the day offense, at the plate. Yeah. The offense came back in the seventh and eighth thing because to take back the lead. So again, it's another one that comebacks angels have had a handful of them, uh, yeah. so far this year. And that was just another one. But again, you're kind of left out of a cold because of, um, the pitching, not being able to get get deep into uh, games and putting your bullpen out there to soak up so many innings. I mean, that's four innings in that one game already. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, and, and the story, I mean, last year was the story of the bullpen too. It was like the bull, a lot of people were talking about how, oh, we don't, I don't like our bullpen. I don't like our bullpen. But the bullpen last year kept us pretty much in contention all year long, kind of got overlooked by a lot of people. And it seems like it's happening again this year where it's like, Wow, who's gonna step up this time? Who's gonna step up tonight? And it's I like our mix of like guys who we can throw in there. I love Noe. I love uh, you know it Alvarez, looks, Alvarez is oh, having a great dude. year after so much struggle the year Alvarez. last year and the year before that to come out this year and and do what he's done and keep his runs down coming out and being that left handed specialist that you you've needed because he's been the only lefty in that bullpen for you know some years now, but to come out and have a really good year. Um, is really something the Angels need and, and are having right now. Yeah, Alvarez has been just the guy you love to see come out of the bullpen. You're like, okay, you know, you, you kind of don't worry. I, mm-hmm. I don't think the Angels have had a lefty like that since, wow, I can't go back that far. 
I mean, really, a lefty that and if you, you can't. I definitely can't. Well, I mean, I could think of a few, but that's way too far. I mean, I think Mike. I think in Mike Holtz uh, in the early uh, late '90s, mid '90s, was a lefty that we used to come out and 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 kind of was almost lights out. He was like a situational guy. Alvarez is a little more than a situational guy. Alvarez can. If you need to, can give you two innings right. here and there. But you know? Yeah, he can, but I think his perfect situation oh, yeah. is a lefty specialist or a full inning. Because yeah. if you look at his numbers after an inning, they come up yeah, a little sure. bit. But, I mean, if you keep him at just an inning or just a left-handed, couple left-handed pitch, yeah. uh, batters, I think that's perfect for what he is. Yeah, you put him in when you have, like, at least two lefties coming up in the order. Exactly. You know, and then you can set him up for, well, if one gets on, there's still another lefty that's going to come on later. Exactly. So you leave him in there for that. So, so, yeah, man, Alvarez is a man. And it looks, you know... Without getting too far ahead, it looks like Middleton's closing out games more yeah, now. So it looks right like they're now. leaning mm-hmm. towards Keenan being our guy to close the games. But we'll get into that a little bit a little bit later. Uh, so moving on from that, a five four victory on Friday. The Angels went ahead and won five to four, five to three on Saturday. And what did you call it, Dan? The snow game. The snow game, man. It's it, snow globe, dude. Yeah. I, I remember we were talking, we were texting back and forth, and I'm like, just get through five, just get through five. Just make it official so we can, yeah. when they, they call it, it's, yeah. it's, it's over and you don't have to worry about it. And and heading into this game, uh, the Angels were probably facing probably the second or third toughest pitcher they faced all year. Yeah. Um, what was the kid's name? You happen to have his name? No, <laughs> I know, but um, I know exactly what you're But he, about he hadn't given up a run in 17 innings yeah, in his first two starts. Yeah. Uh, 17 innings, hadn't given up a run. His ER, I mean, obviously his ERA was zero, but... Um, he was just dealing. I think he he was close to setting the uh, Royals record for most, most consecutive, consecutive scoreless innings until uh, Valbuena, my boy Luis, got to him first. Yeah, it was a three home run night from mm-hmm. uh, one from Luis, one from Upton, one from Trout. Trout was absolutely oh. drilled, and that one was drilled. And the wind into was coming wind, in, yeah, into the wind, yep. snowing. Uh, it just looked crazy. Uh, Something you're not used to seeing more so with you know Kansas City Chiefs football than you are for uh, Kansas City Royals, Royals baseball. Yeah, yeah, and us being Angel fans, when do we see the Angels play in the snow? Yeah, you know, let alone freak out when it rains. Rain, let alone snow. <laughs> but no, uh, you know the Angels. Uh, they kind of just. I think they scored four runs off that kid. Uh, yeah, but they ended up winning five to three. They kind of. There towards the end of that game, uh, it, it got kind of sketchy there, but they, they went ahead and, and won. Richards got to start. He pitched five innings again, just got through five. And what we were talking about, his pitch count wasn't very high, but then he just lost control. Yeah, he started walking a lot um, of guys. And I think that's what gets him in trouble. It's not necessarily – everyone knows he has great stuff. Everyone mm-hmm. knows that um, the movement on his ball is like almost second to none, but – it just seems like when he walks a guy or a guy gets, you know, even if it's like a bloop <clears throat> single or something that's just not very hit very hard, he just kind of, I don't know if it gets in his head. I don't know if he thinks about the runner at first too much. But then it seems to lead to other hits and other walks and, and putting guys on base and in position for, you know, um, for scoring position or even to come around in a, on a base hit to score. So, yeah, it was kind of weird to see him play only pitch five innings and only 73 uh, <coughs> pitches. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got the win, you know, the cold could have been a part of it, but you, you know, they didn't say anything about that at the end of the game. No, they didn't. Um, I think it was just, I mean, his pitch count wasn't high. It could have been a factor. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. but I think it's the same thing with him all year long, where he hits that fifth inning, he walks a guy, it almost seems like he gets into his head and right. starts to, oh, you could tell he's overthrowing. Mm-hmm. Um, he starts like just throwing stuff into the dirt. He had two wild pitches in the fifth or in the fourth. Wait, in the, he pitched five, so in the fifth. He had two wild pitches, and even the two wild pitches, like there was three or four balls that he just threw in the dirt that for somehow, I think it was Rene Rivera that was behind yeah. the plate, 
somehow stopped them. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it really, he, he threw like seven balls in the yeah, dirt. I, I think three with, walks with his, and they were even talking, and I was surprised they were even talking about it on the broadcast about his struggles into the fifth, getting, you know, through six. Um, they were even talking about it, about him struggling. And next thing you know, he's, he's like you said, throwing two wild pitches, and luckily they got <laughs> bounced. And I think Socha had a short leash on him, knowing that too, because like like you said, and like I said, his pitch count wasn't high, no, it was, but it was still a close game. Yeah, you and know, he, just, he was like, you know what, let's just try to get out of here with a win, and and you know, but yeah, well, he got that double play, got out of the inning that was, I don't know, I mean, it it just the funny thing is, if he only gave up one run, but it he just squeaked out of that inning mm-hmm. somehow. And then the very next inning, they let him come out, and he just four-pitch walked. And, and none of those pitches were close. Okay. That's that's why he was just like, forget it, take him out. But they got the win. Um, happy with that. So Sunday, they were supposed to play. Otani was supposed to get the start. Yep. Game was postponed due to inclement weather. It was super cold, yeah, I guess. Yeah, they said, uh, I guess on Saturday, the <laughs> weather was like 25, 30 degrees. And then Sunday afternoon, an afternoon game. Next thing you know, the wind chill is like at eleven, yeah, or eleven or twelve. So they postponed it till June twenty fifth. It's a, it was an off day from when they traveled to from from Anaheim to Boston. They'll make a pit stop in Kansas City, make the game up on a Monday, and then move on to uh, Boston. Yeah. So June twenty fifth, my youngest son's birthday. So that's the day they'll they will they will wear number forty two. Yes. I guess on that day. So I guess we have to wait that day until we figure out if it was a sweep or not. Yeah. So technically, we did not sweep the Royals yet. Technically, yeah. we took three. It's a TBD. Yeah. We determined. And then Monday was an off day, so the Angels went ahead and they got two days off. Yeah, which is rare, super rare. Yeah, early in the season too. And a lot of people are already saying that that that's what killed. That's what's been killing us in these last two games. We got to we got we were high and we slowed down, yada yada. But we ran into a buzz on Tuesday. The Red Sox won ten to one. Yeah. Okay. Well, before you go on, if you don't know what the hell happened on Tuesday, you know you don't pay attention. So I rather talk about than that. Like John said, we we text all the time when we're at a game. It's very rare that we watch all three of us. You know, John, Chris, and I watch a game together. Mm. Right, so <laughs> you and Chris were at opening day. I wasn't there because of work and stuff like that. And yeah. then, you know, we watched a game. Chris wasn't there, or I'm yeah, with yeah. Chris. So all three of us decide, you know what? Otani's pitching. The Boston's coming to town. Let's go somewhere and watch a game. So we go out and watch a game. Very nice establishment. <laughs> but anyways, we go, and what happens happens, and we're like, okay, so we just got here. What do we do? To kill the time, and I don't know how it started. We started looking up old discontinued uh, soda. <laughs> soda. Somehow Chris goes, because Chris and I went to the same high school, and we both played baseball. I was a year older. I'm a year older than Chris. But he goes, hey, do you remember Jolta? And I'm like, I'm thinking of like, I don't remember a player named Jolta on our team or anything <laughs> like that. And I'm like, no, no, it was a drink that they used to sell, and that's how it started. Yeah, so pretty much between the fifth. Inning, and then I think we left like, like in the eight, eight. or yeah. something like that. We're yeah. looking at discontinued sodas and discontinued uh, snacks from the eight from the nineties. So yeah, that was our Tuesday night with <laughs> so much promise and so much uh, hype. And after the first like three innings, we're like, "All right, so what's going on?" And yeah, so it's kind of a bummer that the one time all three of us were able to get to a, a get to watch a game. Yeah, you know that's not in person because yeah, we'll see games at the stadium together, but when it's not, you know, we're usually always texting. But yeah, to be at the same place was kind of a letdown. So yeah, I was huge letdown. <laughs> yeah, so we'll talk about Otani's injury later. But <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if we want to move on to Wednesday, but I guess technically we have. To. I guess we have to. Um, Wednesday, the Red Sox again yesterday, 9-0. Uh, Skaggs 
again, the pitch count with these guys. I, I mean, I don't know. Four and a thirds, gave up eight hits, six runs. 98 pitches. It's, I mean, that's, I mean, guys like, you know, I haven't talked because I was on the podcast last week, but on the, on our social media sites and, and other, other sites that, you know, we talk about, you know, these guys having to have to step up and people kind of get lost in the win-loss records where they're like, hey, they got the win. That's all that matters. No, not really. Um, you know, when you go five innings and you throw 114 pitches, that means that the bullpen has to come in and shut down four innings. And that means, you know, taxing the bullpen back-to-back nights, back-to-back nights. Um, having to have to go to the bullpen, have to use the arms. You you need guys that are one, technically aces in your staff or at least two twos and threes. To, to give you innings. Typically, you want a number three or four starter to be an innings guy, and we right. don't have that. Right. I mean, and like even we were, I was thinking, you're right. A lot of people do those wins and loss records, but mm-hmm. I don't personally like looking, when looking at a, uh, a pitcher stats, I like to look at quality starts. Right. So quality starts is, I think you have to go like six innings and six. give up give up a less than three runs. Less than three. Six and, and three. That sounds yeah, good. Yeah, six and three. So if you go six innings and give up less than three runs, it's considered a quality start. Mm-hmm. So just by that criteria, we don't have, you know, Haney on Friday, um, Richards on Saturday, Otani on Tuesday, Skaggs on. So we haven't had a quality start in the last since Tropiano. Since Tropiano last week, so four games, no quality starts. <laughs> that is something that, as a rotation, you do need at least two, three guys that can do that for you on a consistent basis. Granted, your fourth and fifth pitchers are going to be kind of hit or miss a lot of times, but if you want to step up. And proclaim a guy an ace like a lot of the people have for Richards in this situation. Um, you know, I don't see it. I don't see it yet. I haven't seen it since his injury um, to his knee um, in Boston. And uh, Boston's Boston. always around um, in Boston a, a few <laughs> years back. He hasn't been the same guy. And now he's he's not 25 anymore. He's not yeah. the up and comer. Oh, he's gonna be. He's he's 29 years old. So he's gonna be right around that 30, 31 year old mark when he comes up for free agency. You know, do you pay him number one money? Because as I look at it right now, unless he has a great second half of this year and a good next year to show consistency, because, you know, you can probably look through the record books and look at a ton of dudes that had great years. But how many of them have put together two, three, four years that have been really good? And I just don't see that with the Richards right now. Mm. Um, you know, he, he's he's pitched in, you know, he's averaging only five innings per pitch in the, in the, in the games he's had this year he has 15 walks and only 24 strikeouts you know you like that ratio to be you know a little less a little more than half so you would look him if he's gonna have 24 strikeouts you want him to have less than 12 walks ideally right. and i think he's given up like five five or six home runs right and that, and that was something actually the short time he did play the last couple of years he didn't give up a lot of home runs yeah. now he's getting up the long bone more yeah. so um again pitching staff is going to be a big thing and then kind of touching on the otani thing him coming up with a blister on his hand and the reason why they say he left Tuesday's game in the second inning was uh, he had a blister on his on his pitching hand, of course. But mm. um, all of reports say that they think he's going to make his next start. But and I and I don't know if you thought about this at all, but the way the Angels have been using Otani, they haven't really necessarily said, "Oh, yeah, he's going to pitch every fifth day." So they can say he's going to start his next you know scheduled start, but no one knows when that next scheduled start is. They can say, "Oh, yeah, it's going to be next Tuesday," or they can say, "Well, we want to push him to a Wednesday because of." this or that so to me it's very vague on that and it almost seems like they have him there just in case well this is push him one more game well tuesday he pitched two innings gave up four hits three earned runs two walks 
But aside from those numbers, it just you could tell something was wrong. Like his pitches were they just weren't. It seemed like he was overthrowing, but now that they said he's a blister, that makes complete sense. I used to pitch, so I understand. I had a blister once too, and I know it sounds lame. And you know, you got football players who like you know are out there with broken you know fingers. broken ankles and fingers and still playing. Just tape it. Baseball, when you're a pitcher, you can't. Because when I used to throw my slider, I used to put a little more pressure on my middle finger. Right. I don't know how he throws his slider or anything, but, you know, there's different pressures. And if you can't put pressure on that finger, that ball's not going to do what you want it to do. It's going to sail. It's going to hit the dirt. It's going to do different things. Um, I sent you uh, a text, a screenshot of uh, Cora saying that Otani's fork ball was definitely not the fork ball we saw in his last start. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that says a lot from the opposing team saying this is not the same guy, and And, we know why. And it almost seemed, watching the game, when we were having a discussion, watching the game, it's almost like after maybe the first couple times he threw it, they saw it, and they realized it wasn't the same, and it looked like they... They started to lay off. They saw it, they laid off, and they sat fastball, and I think that's... Most of his home runs given up were off the... was off the fastball, so... Mm -hmm. Again, if the blister issue keeps on coming up, yeah. then you know who knows what what the I pitching mean, side of him. Yeah, and that and and doing the bl- the blister thing, you know what? It's if he has to miss a start, he can't pitch. It's okay because, like you said, he's not on the schedule. You can hold him back three more days just so the blister can heal up. Fully heal, yeah. So that's just a matter of him healing up. So now that we're on the Otani topic, we'll get to an email that was sent to us by and. You emailed us a few weeks ago. I don't want to butcher your name again, but I'm gonna try my best. It sounds like it sounds like it's Inata or Hinata Ito. I believe he's the uh, gentleman that's from Japan. Yes. And he told us, "Hello, thank you very much for reading my email. You're welcome." He said, "Do you believe that Otani's hand injury will be a problem with his batting?" So he's in the lineup today. Yeah, as we speak again, this is before the game on Thursday, but the roster or the the lineups have come out by now, and he's batting seventh, I believe. Six. Six. Yeah, and, so against left, up. and against a lefty. Yeah. It could have been very easy for the Socha or the Angels in general to say, you know what, it's yeah. a lefty. We don't feel comfortable against lefties. We're going to sit him one more day mm-hmm. and, you know, and not play him at all. But the fact that they're playing him against a lefty, even with the blister, I think it won't affect him because, you know, I think <clears throat> you probably throw some tape on it and it's going to be in a glove. Yeah. Um, I think they'll be fine with it. I think they feel perfectly fine with him batting and, and not being able to – you know, injure it even more. Yeah. You know what? I think he'll be fine. Um, like, you know, he's not pitching. He, he doesn't play the field, so he doesn't have to throw the ball at all. Right. Uh, you're holding the bat, and the blister looks to be on the middle or yeah, I thought it, ring finger. There was a picture on the top. they took of him on Tuesday's game, on, in the not Tuesday, Wednesday's game on, on the dugout. And if you zoomed in super close to it, you were able to see where the blister was kind of uh, forming and stuff like that. But, yeah, it looked like... I think on his middle finger towards like um, the upper, like the inside towards the thumb side of the of the finger. But yeah, so I'm looking at our emails, just trying to see. I don't want to uh, if we're touching on a subject, you know. Uh, but anyway, I think we're okay for right now. Um, so yeah, so I mean, with Otani, it's just a matter of him. You know, we'll see what happens on the pitching side. So going through the week, if we count one from podcast to podcast, is what we'll do. Three to two, three and two, three and two winning record. The one thing, that regardless of what happens tonight, the Angels finally lost their first series of the, yeah. of the year. Yeah, and well, going into it, the big talk was Boston uh, was, I think there was only seven, six or seven teams so far this year that have not lost a series, and the Angels in Boston were one. So yeah. you knew one of them was going to lose a series. Right. It being only, a, you couldn't split it, it was only three games. But, you know, this was an actual 
test for the Angels coming up. You know, they've only played the Athletics, the uh, Rangers, and uh, the Cleveland Indians that are struggling right now. And then right. I did I did the numbers. If you put those records together, not including Boston's, you know, they're combined 19 and 36, which yeah. is not ideal, especially when you have people like uh, Oakland and the Rangers on the bottom half of, yeah. of their division. Of right. Their, you know. Right. And and good segue, Dan. You not even – see, we didn't even – man. Email by Mike Vigil. He said, wow, talk about getting hammered. So do we chalk this up to running into a bus on in the Red Sox? Or is it this? Or is it this? Is it that we finally played a tough team and that we were just beating up more mediocre teams? Losing, I get it, but getting destroyed, wow. So what do you think? Do you think it's just us beating mediocre teams? Or, this, or is this I chalk this up to the Red Sox being hot? Or I don't want to sound like, oh, the, the Red Sox aren't good because they're Good. Like, if you listen to the podcast where we kind of put our predictions out there for, mm. for the playoffs, they were one of my playoffs teams. And yeah. I, I picked the Yankees to win that division, but it was like, and I think I even said it on the podcast, like maybe like a game, game, you know, two games. So I, right. I expect them to be in the playoffs. I don't expect them to be hitting like this all year long. Uh, no, no. But, you know, they are a good team. And, and the Angels pitching has not been, even against some of those subpar teams, have not been great. So no. that, that worried me that. When your subpar pitching um, matches up against a hot team, you know stuff like this could happen. A you know a nine zero game, a ten to one game can happen. You know, a part of it is that our pitchers aren't Angels pitchers aren't um, making pitches when they need to. They are very good when they are on, but mm-hmm. they seem to be really bad when they're off. There seems not to be a lot of in between. Um, you know, where they have a bad game, but they're able to grit it out and still be able to get six innings and maybe three runs or four runs. It seems like it's either all or nothing with these guys. And, and that, when I mean, you play a team like Boston, that's what happens is that a good team will take advantage of it every time. Yeah, I, I'm not going to chalk it up to us just playing mediocre teams because, I mean, the A's are on the bottom half. The Rangers are too. But the Rangers are a little deceptive because they, they got a hard lineup. They got a, a line. And the Angels battled out there and won. Our offense won us those games. They got a yeah. pretty good lineup if yeah. you look at that. Yes, and, and then too, you look at Boston, the two games against Boston, you have, you know, David Price, really good pitcher. Yeah. You know, it's not the same guy that was in Tampa no, Bay. No, but he's but been doing good he's so been far. Doing good. You got Purcell that won the Cy Young two years ago, I believe. So, again, um, you have two different kinds of pitchers, too. Purcell, yeah. a lot more sinker ball, ground ball kind of guy. Um, <clears throat> but offensively, it would have been nice to put up. But you often puts up five runs. Okay, cool. It's still yeah, been a yeah. five to nine game. But right. um, one run in two games. Yeah, you know you don't like that at all. You don't yeah. know if that's the. I like I like how on Tuesday after the game, the Angels' uh, social media, like their Facebook, I think, put out. You know, they put up the score after the game. This is still falling out, and so I guess it took two, uh, more than one day. Well, so is, hopefully, see what happens tonight. Yeah, hopefully tonight they can at least get some kind of <clears throat> rhythm, even if it's not a seven run kind of game but at least they're able to hit the ball hard and and able you know maybe get a home run or two but you just don't like the fact that you're putting up one one run one run in two games in two games it's pretty sad you know especially with the lineup that we have and the numbers they've been putting up but we'll we'll see we got to move forward it's april luckily we we put ourselves in a position where we were 13 and three going into the series yes. so you know we're 13 and five now it's pretty pretty awesome um uh we have a couple of uh, commercials that we want to get into. And then after the commercial break, I think we'll get into our poll question that Dan puts up on uh, every Monday. Yep. So uh, we'll be back after this short message.
Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. This is Hood Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. All right, so we are back. Thank you guys for tuning in. That's our sponsors for the show. Without them, a lot of our stuff wouldn't be possible, so big shout-out to both of them. All right, so our poll question, Daniel, for this week. Yeah, so if you listen to last week's podcast, um, Chris started talking about you know Boston coming to town, and he had a, a little, you know, tangent i guess you want to call it about boston fans hilarious by the way so uh, yeah go back and let's do it if you haven't so he wanted he demanded telling me to put this as a poll question what fans are most annoying so that your three choices and we got some other like hey you should have put so-and-so on but the three ones that we kind of all agreed on were the dodgers the yankees <laughs> and the red sox so again uh i guess no surprises to me because i voted for the dodgers <laughs> but the dodgers won 54 percent Yankees were 24, uh, and the Sox were 22. Now, if the poll was after this series, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe the numbers would have changed a little bit. But, yeah, uh, Dodgers went away with it with 54%. I picked Dodgers mostly just because Dodgers are the only fans I know. Right. You know, So I don't know any real Yankees or Red Sox fans or else that would probably you know, change, my, change my vote. And I think I know which way you went on this one. I, I might be biased. I hate the Red Sox with a passion. I mean, they're <laughs> – before even before this week. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're an Angels fan, I'm not trying to tell people that you know you're not an Angels fan, but a diehard Angels fan should hate the Red Sox. I mean, history. I mean, 1986, Game Five. I don't even have to repeat it. Um, that's <laughs> the first time I remember my mom crying. The Red Sox made my mom cry. Um, yeah, that's a really good reason not yeah. to like a team. <laughs> um, the Red Sox fans are just obnoxious. Here's here's part here's part of it. I'm gonna get. Whew, okay. <laughs> Touch a nerve. There's a few of you out there, born and raised in Riverside, California, but our diehard Red Sox. You fans know who you are. With 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 the same shorts that Dan or that Chris explained last week. The same stupid <laughs> accent. Everything. The clam chowder. Hit the bajada. <laughs> and you've lived in Riverside, California your whole life. And there's more than just one. You, and yeah, you know who you guys are. Um, it's that kind of like bandwagon-y thing that I don't like. Um, and, but more than that, it's the history, the hatred that we've had. And I guess this this would be rivalries. We're talking about fans. Yeah. I'm more in the, on the rivalry side. Um, but I think the fans are annoying, the ones that live out here that think they're from Boston. For some reason, have no attachment to Boston. But for some reason, the Red Sox fans, because because... <laughs> They uh they watched Fever Pitch or whatever, um, 
But Red Sox fans just annoy me in that way, and then, and then there's a rivalry there. There, The Dodgers fans don't annoy me as much because it's funny to me because half of them are cholos that don't know what they're talking about, and half of them are my family members. So, <laughs> like, it's just like true, they don't annoy me. True they story, just, too. I go to this house, laugh. I go to this house to watch WrestleMania. Was it two weeks ago? I walk in. I see a lot of blue. He's like, yeah, I have a lot of Dodger fans in my family. I'm like, all right, it's cool. <laughs> I, yeah. And so it's, it's like that. I just laugh at them. And the Yankees? I understand. I kind of understand why people hate the Yankees, but there's no real rivalry there with us. Um, Angels fans, for some reason, hate the Yankees a lot. I don't really hate them. Uh, part of it is because my dad's a Yankees fan, but I think that probably goes back to the whole evil empire. I, it does, but but, and early but you can't hate on that because yeah. if we had that much money, wouldn't you want the oh, Angels yeah, to spend it? Yeah. Like people are like, oh, they just went, they just buy championships. Well, if you have the money, do it. Yeah. Like, why aren't you doing it? You, you should money, be doing it. If you have the money to buy a fancy car, go, go Yeah, you should be doing it if you want to. Like, <laughs> yeah. if you have the money, go do it. So that's why Yankees fans don't really upset me at all. It's it's really, it's the Red Sox fans, and I hate Rangers fans, too, for some reason. See, Rangers, I guess, like I said, I pick Dodgers because a lot of my friends are Dodger fans. So anything that happens, especially the run they made last year to the World Series, hey, you see the game? Like, knowing, you know, full well that I would watch baseball, Playoff baseball. Oh, you see this, see that, and that got annoying. That got annoying real quick. But um, I don't have that kind of hate for the Red Sox fans because they or Red Sox in general because they never made my mom cry. Yeah. Now, if they did, or even if like the Tampa Bay Rays did, I probably would hate them. Exactly. You know? Even though who's a Tampa Bay Rays fan? Yeah, yeah exactly. But right. I, yeah, I completely get what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, and and like I said, that muscled in with you know they beat us in 85, 86. They beat us in 04, Walk off. I think Manny hit it. And oh, I oh six or seven, whatever. I it was a walk off that I think David Ortiz hit off Frankie Rodriguez. Uh, I think they beat us in 08 in the playoffs too. Um, and then we finally got them in 2009. We swept them. Oh my God! I was that was a aside from winning the World Series, that was the best day of my life as an Angel fan was when we swept the Red Sox over the 2009 playoffs. So to me, it's just the annoying. Red Sox fans, bro. There you go. Well, there it is. There's the, the poll question this week. And just so you guys know, uh, we'll try to put up a poll question every week or just a question in general. Um, follow us at Halo underscore Haven on Twitter to find it. Uh, post it every Monday morning. We'll talk about it on the podcast. Uh, leave a comment. You know, uh, Also do it on our Facebook page at Halo Haven. Um, but check it out. Vote. Uh, let your voice be heard. Yeah, we got a, a couple of people tuning in on, on, on the uh, Instagram live. Uh UCLA nineteen ninety nine says I'm a native New Yorker and I hate the Yankees. Let's go Angels. Yeah, <laughs> so you get that a lot when like there's a lot of people here in SoCal that hate the Dodgers because of the whole hype behind them. Right, and they're not even Angels fans or or Dodgers, but they hate the Dodgers. Like for instance, Jessica, my my uh, better half, she hates the Dodgers, and she's from Los Angeles. She was born and raised <laughs> in East LA, but she hates the the Dodgers. You know, so there's a, a lot of people joining in. You know, so we appreciate you guys. We should could shout all you guys out, but it's like. So, <laughs> shout out. Thank you guys for, for listening to us live on, on Instagram Live, too. Um, all right. So, let's let's move forward from that. Do, do, where do you want to go from here? Do you want to go into our – talk more angels or should we do our farm report? We don't yeah. even have a name of it for yeah, it Yeah, we don't have a name for it. We'll go, we'll go farm, farm report right now. We'll do that um, right now. As So, at the beginning of last year um, – or this year, I should say, the angels – you know, have a, the minor league affiliate, single minor league affiliate, uh, the Inland Empire 66ers. And again, if you've heard our podcast in the past, you have seen that we've interviewed Joe Hudson. Um, last week we had Jemai, uh, Jemai Jones. 
And so this week, um, I was able to talk to Griffin Channing, a, the number eight prospect uh, in the Angels organization. Um, so he's a pitcher out of UCLA, 21 years old. Uh, his kind of his backstory, and I touched a little bit on the interview. He went to UCLA. UCLA was used him a lot his last, I think, two years there. So the Angels shut him down last year. So he didn't pitch at all in the 2017 year coming out of his draft, where normally they'll send him to, you know, uh, rookie ball or something like that. Um, but no, he he got shut down the whole year because um, of the youth in college. So this was his first year actually pitching at a professional level. And so I was able to talk to him for a little bit, real quick interview, but we're able to talk to him a little bit uh, at 66ers. Right on. So, and uh, here's the interview that Dan had with Griffin Canning, uh, what, probably like the, what number is eighth, he? Eighth, eighth prospect. prospect on the Angels uh, charts there. All right, first question I want to ask, you not playing, pitching at all last year, how anxious or how nervous are you coming out this year and actually pitching? Yeah, I mean, I think I think regardless of me taking time off, I'm definitely just excited to get out here. Um, but taking more time off than I had in the past definitely has fueled it a little bit more. How are you feeling? Are you are you you know like ready? Are you any concerns at all? No concerns. I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. Um, you know, graduating from UCLA, going to UCLA, and being in San Bernardino, so kind of close to the LA area, Westwood area. Um, are you excited? You have family out to come see that first time you pitch in a professional setting? Yeah, definitely. I'll have a bunch of family out here and friends. Um, I'm only like an hour and a half from home, so it's right, a pretty yeah. cool experience. Um, you know, just seeing you at UCLA and being kind of uh, the workhorse you were at UCLA, do you, do you think anything you learned over there can translate to uh, pitching not only with the Sixers but eventually up with the uh, Angels? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I think I would vouch for college for anybody. I think right. it's a really good experience, not only um, the school aspect and the social aspect, but baseball definitely. Um, I mean, I was really lucky with the coaching staff that I had, especially Coach Savage. Um, I was able to learn a lot. Awesome. Um, and also, too, you know, trying to get more who you are. Um, so if you're on a, on a road trip and you have past time, what, what do you do to pass the time? You you know, you binge watch movies, video games? Like, what, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I'm a normal person. I'll yeah. watch Netflix, Netflix, read a book. What's, a, what's the last with... last Netflix uh, series or whatever you binge watched? Uh, I like The Office a lot. The Office? The Office, is, yeah. Um, you know, anything that you're looking forward to, making a professional debut or professional season, anything you're looking forward to in particular, maybe that first strikeout, that first home opener or first home, you know, pitching debut, anything particular? No, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to take it start by start. Um, I mean, I'm just excited to get back out there. Awesome. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you. Cool. Thank you, man. No All right. So that was Dan's interview with uh, Griffin Canning of the, uh, formerly of the Inland Empire 66ers. He got called up after only two starts uh with inland empire um i guess that first night he was lights out right yeah the first first night he pitched he pitched only like i think you said two times with the 66ers and again being a 21 year old they wanted to move up fairly quickly i read an article about him when kind of researching him in general that the angels really have a plan for him to accelerate quickly through the lower levels through so through a and, and double a and uh, plan on him making the AAA roster sometime probably after the All-Star break. Um, you know, and then maybe you could see him be one of those non-roster invitees next year in the spring training. And maybe, you know, depending on situation with some guys, competing for like a fourth or fifth <clears throat> spot of a rotation next year. Right. So uh, I was fortunate enough to watch Griffin Canning's second and last start on the Empire this season. Uh on Wednesday, it was a 10.30 game, uh, 10.30 in the morning. I thought I was going to have the whole park to myself. 
I get there. Must have been nice. And there was like just there must have been like a good three thousand people in the stands, and there was like a bunch of kids. And yeah, I was saying two thousand five hundred that were, were yeah, kids. there were a bunch of kids. It was cool. I mean, it was fun probably for the players because you got to play in front of a like loud kid, like loud, you know, right. like mm-hmm. a good good crowd on a ten thirty a.m. Wednesday, you know, game. But fortunately, you know, we have a good relationship with the Sixers, and I have the uh, we have the media credentials. So I was able to get a little closer and kind of get away from. Get away from the the loud noises of the kids screaming the top of their lungs. I was able to sit, you know, in uh, in a little little area of the field where no one had access to. So I was able to kind of chart canning start. So I'll run it down real quick. I wrote it down here. Um, I have experience doing this. I played in college and only never really pitched much. So they had me keep score and chart pitchers. <laughs> it's all good though. I played college ball. Um, canning pitched. Okay, so in the first inning, he struck out uh, the first batter on three pitches and. The first thing that I noticed real quick, there's no radar gun there, so I couldn't no, really tell no. how, how, where his velocity was. But he, it seemed like his fastball snuck up on guys. Right. Like he was sneaky. He has he has a real, like, um, not herky-jerky delivery, but it's it's a little unorthodox. So I, I guess that's why the ball kind of creeps up on him. Uh, the next guy got a double, but it was one of those doubles where he's a lefty and they were playing him to pull. And he was oh, late. Oh, opposite. Yeah. And so. It was late and it barely caught the, the, barely stayed in fair. It was almost like a blooper. So, yeah. So, the guy was so shaded so far. Oh, over. yeah. It was no way. Front from center field to get no there. way he was going to get it. Next guy hit into a 6-4, uh, 6-4, uh, force out. And then the other guy uh, struck out on a breaking ball that was just sick. I mean, I don't know what it was. Um, it was a breaking ball sick. In the second inning, he threw, it was a 1-2-3 inning again. He struck out the first batter on that sick breaking ball again. The next guy popped up uh, to the first baseman. The next guy flew out to weekly to center field. In the third inning, just it was a really quick inning. I remember first batter five eight, five three, so five three put out. The next batter flied out to right field. He hit the next uh, batter, but it was uh, it was a pitch that kind of it was a breaking ball that didn't break, and it kind of just glazed the guy on the elbow. Next guy, he got him to fly out. In the fourth inning, he struck out the first batter. Then there was an error on the catcher, so the 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 runner was able to advance to second. So that was the first time I had seen him actually really pitch from the stretch with a runner in scoring position. Uh, the guy with the hit the double it was just right when he got the double, he got the next two guys out really quick. So he was on the mound there and he struck out the next two guys after that. Just sick. And in the fifth inning, he came out again. He uh, gave up a single and then the next two guys got out on, on four outs. And then he walked the guy and then he took him out. So only pitched four and two thirds of an inning. I felt like he was on a pitch count. Yeah, I think because, so too. Yeah, they're kind of like what yeah. I was saying, coming back, they want to work him back slowly. They're not right. looking for him to throw a complete game or seven right. innings or anything like and that. And he, he had two outs in that inning, and the next guy that was up was the ninth batter. So right. that's so why I, I was like, yeah, why? Yeah, yeah obviously, like what you're saying, it wasn't like he was losing control or no. guys were hitting him hard. You know, it's kind of like, let's get him out there, let's get a sweat on, and let's see what he can he can do. And then once they felt satisfied, like, all right, he's got enough kind of under his belt. Yeah. Let's pull him out. And I'm sure uh, the 66ers and the – Angels organization have had a plan for this kid for a while, and they're probably saying, okay, you know, the first couple times out, let's keep him around here. Let's keep him around here. Let's move him up. Now mm-hmm. let's stretch it out to maybe, you know, um, 70 pitches, 80 yeah. pitches, and now yeah. know, maybe in another two months or so, they can go full go on right. on his, uh, his pitch count. And at a higher level, too. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we're going to get on our listener questions, and then we're going to start wrapping it up here. Our, our, this wasn't really a question, but it was an email sent in by Daniel Ortega. He said, what's up? So I hate to sound like everybody else, but damn, hit the road for the first time this season, and they go 6-0. and If they are beating good teams or bad teams, it's irrelevant. It's still impressive. True test comes up here with Boston. 
and a de- decent San Francisco team then I um then on to Houston I believe so yeah the Angels schedule got definitely a lot harder um you know it's just a matter of time. We'll see. I mean, it's obviously we lost this series. We'll see what happens tonight, which is Thursday. The uh, what day is it today? The eighteenth. Yep. Eighteenth or nineteenth. Nineteenth. The nineteenth. So it's Thursday the nineteenth. So you know, we'll see what happens today. Uh, this next question, and this is a question. It's from a first time, uh, first time uh, emailer, Hello. Jacob Peewezy Veramontes. <laughs> Peewezy. All right. He said, "Who do you who do you think is our biggest competition in the AL West? Considering the Astros have fallen to to the Mariners and Rangers, um, I still think the Astros yeah, are Astros the top are contenders. Far and away the, the top contender yeah. in, the, in the West. You know, um, you got to go through them. Um, I said in the in, in our preview show before the season started when we picked our playoff teams, I said the Angels definitely do have a chance to win the West, no right. doubt. Um, we have a really good team." But you look at that Astros team and that pitching staff. And that's and, the thing with, oh. with them is that they're the reason why they're not where a lot of people thought they were going to be at this point of the year is that their 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 bats have not woken up. Right. Their bats are slowly, you know, getting momentum, whatever, but their pitching has kept them um, not at the top of the division because the Angels are there, but, but right there. Yeah. I mean, you're talking less than three games, I think, at this point yeah. um, behind the Angels. So. The Astros are far and away yeah, are going to be there. Yeah. They're always going to be there unless, you know, there's some kind Cata- of cause, ca- catastrophic injuries. Injury to yeah. One of their main pitchers or one of their main guys, they're going to be right in the mix, not only for the West, but I think probably the best record yeah. in, in Major League Baseball. World Series again, you yeah, know, they're, 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 they're right there. Uh, the Rangers, again, they have a offensively, they, that lineup is stacked, but uh, the pitching, their bullpen is what's not going to get them. And the Mariners have a decent team. The Mariners are – they're not bad. Um, right. So, But I don't see them being really uh, a real, real huge competition. You know, if the Angels are going to win the West, it's going to be against the Astros. Yeah, and kind of like what, like what we said before the beginning of the year, the Angels have gotten better. I don't think they will win the division. I don't but, think so either, personally. But I don't think they'll be 21 games back or 22 no, games. Whatever no. they were last year, I, you know, if they were to be eight games at the end of the year – right. You know, yeah, you don't like to be that far back, but taking for what happened last year, that's a huge improvement. So, oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Astros are definitely going to be the, the front the runners. Team, yeah. yeah. All right. So this is an email sent in from Jason Kemp. He said, "Hey there, guys. How's it going? Miss Johnny on the show, but the curator stepped it up very well. <laughs> yeah, like I said, your curator. People love you, Chris. Your curator's uh, he, he's better than he thinks, man. Okay. So as we look ahead at the schedule, it gets tougher. Boston uh, Giants are decent." Houston and the Yankees to finish the month. I know it's early, but does this tell you where the Angels stand as a team? What do you guys think? Uh, what do you guys see the record being at the end of the month? I, I I didn't really count the record. I see them definitely being at above 500. Hopefully, I'm I'm you know I'm yeah. positive in that way. Okay. Yeah. If you look at the the rest of the month, the rest it's, of the month of April, you have. You have good teams coming. So yeah. this weekend you have the um, Giants, which you know decent, decent average. You know their their pitching has kind of struggled a little yeah. bit, but they're average. They're, they're, good, they're decent. They're a decent team. Um, then you have, I think, for me, it's going to be the big series of the month the is that, the three against the Astros in Houston. Yeah. Um, you're hoping to at least get two out of there. You definitely don't want to get swept. No. But then after that, you go um, New York. New York comes to town. You know, so that's that's three really good teams to finish out the month. With you know uh, nine games total, so if they can at least get above five hundred, if they can win five or six, yeah, I think that's ideal. Um, it's going to be hard to take two out of three. I think 
out of both oh yeah out of both the Yankees and the Astros. I I, I don't know why, but I feel like one of those series the Angels are probably going to fall as far as um, not get swept, but probably only going to win one game out of. I don't I couldn't tell you which one, but with the inconsistency of the pitching right now. Yeah. And, um, You're going to need to throw more than four two-thirds of an inning. Yeah, because yeah, that lineup, both yeah. in Houston and both in New York. New York, can kill you if you mistake. Yeah. If you leave mistakes over the plate. Oh, man. So that scares <laughs> me right now as far as finishing out the month. So if they can finish anywhere above 500 in the last nine games, I think that would consider you know a yeah. good month for the Angels. And to answer your other question, saying is this uh, the this uh, – Schedule at the end of the month is going to tell us what kind of team the Angels have. No, it's too early. It's April. Yeah. We're not even in the dog days of summer yet. Yeah. I mean, um, I would definitely wait until no. at least the middle of June before yeah. you really start making a judgment on what this team is or yeah. isn't by then. Because you never know that, you know, maybe a guy like Trope is the guy that ends up being our ace of the staff. Yeah. It, or Skaggs picks it up and he ends up being the workhorse of right. the staff. You just never know yet. It's still April. Um, so, you know, hopefully above 500 to finish the month off. Uh, last email comes to us from Duncan Healy. He said, the sky is falling. Help us. Otani is washed up. LOL. Everyone needs to relax a bit. He's 23. This was bound to have. He was bound to have a bad start, and it's not going to be his last start either. Over or under 10 wins for Otani this season. Daniel, great job with the curator. Yes. Johnny, I missed you, pal. Uh, thanks for what you guys do. Thanks, Duncan, for always being a listener. So over, over or under 10 wins for Otani this season. Well, he has two. So, okay, so, that's so, so you're pretty much saying is he going to get at least eight yeah. before the end of the year? Now, if he gets another three, that five before the All Star break, I, I don't want to be one of those guys that says, "Oh, I'm going to push and take ten on the dot." So if I had to put money on it, uh, I wish I could see one more start just to make sure that booster okay. isn't serious. But yeah. if I do one now, I would probably say take the over. You'll take the over. <sighs> okay, so. Me just looking at ten wins from a mm-hmm. starter is great for me. That right. that ten wins, that's second most last year in wins for a staff. <laughs> it is. It was. JC had eleven and Bridwell had ten last year. And he had yeah. he finished second on the team. And JC didn't even finish the season. I know. So <laughs> or this season. Ten wins season? to me looks like a lot, dude. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, if we can get ten wins from Otani, yes. Yeah. Like that minor league contract paid off. I'm gonna stay. In the middle, I'm gonna be that guy, Dan. I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna say ten. Um, <laughs> Ten's good. Um, obviously, I want the over. Yeah. I don't want the under. Uh, I'm gonna stick to ten because that's a solid. If we can get ten wins from Otani this season, I'm freaking happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ten wins and ten home runs. You that is not swindled. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, inside joke. Um, ten. And, and, and kind of going back to what he was saying earlier in the in the email, as far as this was bound, his pitching performance, this was bound to happen. Um, Happens to everybody. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it in kind of in the preseason leading up to it. I did I did a blog on it on uh, thehalohaven.com. Talked about, you know, like you said, 23 years old, coming to a new country. He's going to have ups. He's going to have downs. I even posted on the Halo Haven fan page. I'm like, I knew a game like this was going to happen. I, I didn't, I wasn't going to say, oh, I knew it was going to be this game, but you kind of knew um, everything. Something was going to happen. He was going to have really good games. He was going to have really mm-hmm. bad games. Is he going to have another game where he had that Sunday against Oakland? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Is he going to have another game where he had against Boston? Yeah, probably that too. I mean, he's 23 years old, 
And you're talking about some of these prospects that the Angels are not even bringing up yet that are 21, 22, and he's only a year older than them. Right. So you know it's going to be inconsistent up and down. For sure. I mean, you look at a guy like Canning. He's probably only two, two, three years older than right. Canning. 21. And Canning's yep. just Canning's in, just moved up to double A right, right now. Exactly. So yep. growing pains at the major league level. It's I know he pitched in Japan, yeah, but it's a yeah. whole different world. There's a reason why he came over here and wanted to come over here now. Because he wanted to play with the best players on the planet. Absolutely. So that tells you a lot. He's learning at the major league level. All right. So unless you got anything else, Dan, this is going to start. We're going to start wrapping it up here. No, that's it. Again, if you guys want to uh, <coughs> follow us, it's Halo underscore Haven on both Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and we'll try to do a live feed of on Instagram like during the podcast uh, just to kind of give you a preview about what we're talking about and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, that, and then again, if you guys have emails, questions, or comments, or anything you want to put out there, it's uh, allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Um, subscribe if you haven't already. We're on iTunes and Google Play. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I don't know what else <laughs> there is out there, but yeah. So definitely uh, let us know what you guys think, your thoughts about the season, uh, the podcast. Yeah, I know. Just let us know. We're open book right now. Yeah, for sure. So, again, all angels podcast at gmail.com. And a quick thank you to everybody. Since I didn't do the podcast last week, I did my own live feed on the Halo Haven Instagram page. And there were so many people that jumped on. And I was answering all you these questions. You are a man. Holy crap, man. So, thank you, guys. I, like, I went on there thinking two or three people are going to jump on. I, oh, my God. That question after question. So, I can't thank you guys enough like, for following the Halo Haven page. And two, this weekend, if you're going to be around the 5K, come by. I'll be there at least. Um, I'll be wearing my Halo Haven t-shirt. love to see uh, some people that listen to the podcast and everything sure. like that. So um, I'll definitely be at the 5K on Saturday at Angel Stadium and then more than likely also at the uh, San Francisco Giant game also. Awesome. So you guys, thank you guys for listening again. As always, we want to, again, without you guys' support, we, I mean, we wouldn't be doing this. So thank you guys. Keep following us on the uh, on the uh, Instagram, Facebook, and again, at I'm Johnny Mags, and this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Y'all have a great week. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com match. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.